Hi, thank you, family, uh, my dear OA family. And it's so wonderful to be on this call tonight. I want to thank you, moderator, for taking the meeting and all those in service and for your speaker, Getter Susan, who reached out to me. And it's just a delight uh, to be able to come on and speak with uh, old friends and family uh, that I've, I've gotten to know and, uh, and been part of their recovery and certainly part of my recovery over the years. I'm Daryl S. and I'm uh, surrendered in step one uh, here in Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, I'm recovered uh, uh, in, and we're gonna talk a little bit more about that in by living in steps 10, 11, and 12. Uh, and I say that because I've recently learned uh, through this year, um, the, 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 the true meaning of uh, living in steps 10, 11, and 12 in a recovered state. And we are gonna speak about that tonight, but I want you to know that uh, I, I humbly say that to you, friends and family and to the newcomers, because um, being, living, being and living in a recovered state is, is still part of recovery. It's, it's based on a, on, a, on a very simple, and uh, and uh, premise that uh, we have a daily reprieve as long as we are in a, as it says in page 86 a fit spiritual condition and and we're going to unpack a little bit of that in the time that we have tonight uh, but I want to say for those that are new uh, into the program uh, I came into program at 355 pounds uh, which was my top weight I I was uh, uh, introduced to the to the meeting by way of another 12-step program 45 days into um, admitting that uh, for the first time that that I was an addict and I had lost my compulsion to smoke marijuana that night it was uh, it was December 28th of 2009 45 days later I was at another meeting and uh, and I had just come down from 355 to 335, and I I knew that I was going to fire Jenny Craig for the third time, and I knew that I was going to eat again. And I thought 45 days ago when I stood for the first time and said, "Hi, I'm Daryl. I'm an addict, and I lost my compulsion to smoke marijuana." That that night at that that MA meeting at that time it was an MA meeting, Marijuana is Anonymous. I said, "Hi, I'm Daryl. I'm an addict." and a compulsive overeater and of course at 335 pounds uh you don't really need to uh to admit that uh other other than to to know it and we're going to talk a little bit about that in in terms of of the first step being surrendered in the first step we're going to talk a little bit about that tonight but uh at 335 pounds it's 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 uh you know, difficult to to hide that I had some sort of a uh, a, a problem around food, um, and uh, I w that night at that meeting, uh, a gal walked up to me and put her phone in front of my face and said, "That was me ten months ago," and I couldn't recognize her. We struck up a conversation. She invited me to my very first OA ninety meeting which I attended on February 9th of 2010, for about 45 days later. And that night, I, uh, I felt the magic. I, I, I knew why I had uh, 
come through, uh, and my prayer had been answered that God would put the right people in front of me um, to to relieve me of a problem that I could not figure out. I had I had no solution to. And uh, that night, I I felt the magic. I, I I saw the magic in the room. I heard the magic in the room. And that night, there was a particular speaker, uh, a, a gentleman, um, a small Italian gentleman that I walked up to, and I, I said a greeting to him in Italian, and uh, and we continued a, a, a brief chat. At which point, I asked him if he would consider being my sponsor, and uh, he looked down at his shoes and then looked up to me, and he and he told me to call him in the morning at a particular time, which I did. And uh, he gave me a plan, my, my first food plan, and uh, told me how to get ready and, uh, and gave me the OA90 format. And uh, I did. I, I, I actually stopped consuming sugar and flour on the 9th. It was, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, through the weekend until the 15th when I started my food plan. I had still, I had at that point um, become abstinent of sugar and flour and uh, followed the, the food plan and got struck abstinent on February 15th and released 145 pounds uh, through the rest of the year up until about October of that year and uh, remained abstinent for uh, through, throughout the, the, the rest of the, the decade up till about 2019 when and I call it a slippery slope, but I know now that it was a relapse and one that I am grateful for because um, what where, what ended up happening to me. So over the next few years, um, I, I was uh, not eating sugar and flour. I didn't regain all of the 145 pounds, but I, I was slowly putting weight on over the three years by handfuls of nuts here and not following a, a clean and, and, and uh, um, f- a food plan that, that had been given to me. In other words, I, I was taking my will back slowly but surely. And at the end of last year, uh, I, sitting in my chair and, and uh, I, had, I had left California after COVID and uh, 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 my wife and I relocated in Arizona. I, I was, um, I had a, a physical condition called stenosis of the spine, which was debilitating um, that had developed over the last four or five years of my life at that time. And, um, and there was quite a bit of pain involved uh, up until I could figure out what to get what to do and and here in Arizona and and uh by God's grace I found a, an excellent neurosurgeon who then helped me and then uh it was a couple of years of uh, post surgery recovery and uh, quite a bit of time on my hands and uh so I justified that time and uh for whatever reason the mental blank spot that that we learn about in the doctor's opinion was uh um growing more and more and more and the slippery slope that I was calling it at the time brought me right to the edge of the abyss 
And that 355-pound man from 10 years or so earlier got up one day and started shaking his fist at me with a with a uh, a sandwich and a payday in one hand and a and a bottle of wine in the in the other and said I told you I told you I would have you back and it was a very real conversation that I was having and it scared me and uh the next day I called my food sponsor at the time which I'd been with for 10 years and I told him uh and I got real with him and I told him what was going on and he uh, empathetically uh, talked with me, and I asked him what to do, and he said, you need to come back to the program. I understand what, you, what, what, what you're going through. I went through the same thing, and you have to come back, and you have to start as if you're brand new. And I learned then um, what I needed to do. Uh, I, 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 had, I had been shaken. Um, and and I knew that I was clear in step one. I knew that I was a food addict. Um, and before I progress in my story here, I'm, I'm going to digress a bit and talk about step one. Step one is the, and, and, and if you're new to this program, or if you're struggling in the program, or you had gone to a similar situation that I just spent the last few minutes talking about, I want you to know that step one is the only step we, food addicts, alcoholics, addicts, fill in the blank, need to do perfect. It's the only step that needs to be done perfect. So, then to get back on track, I knew at that time that I was a food addict. I was very clear that I was a food addict. However, I was fitting program into my life rather than my life fitting into program. And and I you you you, you can't do that. The, I, there were things in the program that I I, I wasn't negotiating with over, over time, and then that slippery slope became slippery. And slippery, and and if that's <laughs> slipperier, uh, as time went on, and so when that moment came, when that 355-pound man stood up in front of my chair and shook his fist at me, um, I knew what I needed to do. Uh, I took my sponsor's advice. Um, by the grace of God, I started getting on different meetings. There were things in the program that I had negotiated with over the years. Phone calls meeting, so on and so forth. Hey, as long as I'm following a food plan, turning it into my sponsor, but I was not living the recovered life. I was not living in steps 10, 11, and 12. I did not um, uh, come to a spiritual awakening. My spiritual relationship with, with, with my higher power that I call my Lord and Savior was certainly intact and it certainly was strong, but I had not come to a spiritual awakening as described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and and specifically in the doctor's opinion. So by the grace of God uh, and through some meetings, I decided uh, to search around and and I found a meeting that, uh, a phone meeting, that I'd heard of uh, some 10 years earlier. I, I, I never really went on that meeting, 
but it's called the Vision for You meeting. And the Vision for You meeting is a very large community of overeaters and and uh, and compulsive eaters uh, uh, that suffer with uh, the, the 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 dilemma of uh, of of food addiction in one way or another. And and through that meeting, I I met some uh, key individuals that were pivotal to me. And one I called early after I had uh, two or three weeks of, of of really gathering myself up and 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 getting back on track. And I called him and I told him what I had done. And when I asked, when I said that it all started with my <clears throat> With my um, my notion that what could a handful of nuts do? What harm could they do? And he stopped me in my track, and for about a good minute, seemed like five, maybe ten minutes, but for at least a good minute or so, he went on to tell me in every way what that handful of nuts wanted from me. That it wanted me dead. That it wanted to rob me. That it wanted to take away everything that I had that it wanted me to come to my knees, that, that it wanted me to, to ruin every, everything that I had, I had worked for and that I, everything that I had achieved and, and, and that it wouldn't stop until it had succeeded. And, um, and I went on to continue to learn um, those and in a program that I had become familiar with over the last decade, but was unwilling to do. So now let's talk a little bit about that. Let's talk about the recovered state um, and 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 what it takes in order to get there. And and I'm going to briefly get through this and up to. Um, the the living in the recovered state of 10, 11, and 12. First of all, I needed to understand, and, and, and by the way, I'll, I'll digress for another moment. There was another key individual that I heard on the vision meeting that I called uh, after hearing him speak, and I called him up and I said, would you, would you allow me to do a fifth step with you? And he said, well, yeah. And then he stopped for a moment and he said, but you just want to do a fifth step? And I said, yeah, I'd like to redo uh, my fifth step. And he goes, well, w why wouldn't you want to do it all? And and I didn't hesitate with that. I, I heard in his voice the seriousness of it. And I said, well, I don't have a problem with that. Let's, let's get busy. So we started in the doctor's opinion. And what we learned in the doctor's opinion and, and by the way, I, as a recovered step sponsor, I, I do step sponsor men in this program. I'll give my number after the recording. I do sponsor men in, in, in this program. Thank you. Particularly that are in relapse or particularly that are that are white knuckling it or can relate to anything in, in in my story here tonight. But I want to talk about the four impediments. There are four spiritual impediments that will not allow you to get to a spiritual awakening and live in a recovered state. Those spiritual impediments are number one, a resentment you will not let go of. That's step four. A resentment you will not let go of. Second impediment is a secret you will not tell. That's step five. 
The third impediment, a harmful thrill, you will not stop. That's step six and seven. And then the fourth impediment is a restitution you will not make. That's seven, eight, and nine. So if you can work through those four spiritual impediments as outlined in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, um, starting in the doctor's opinion and going through um, working with others, which is the beginning of step 10, which is where then um, the recovered life comes into, and you can read on page 84 through 86, um, <clears throat> the promises that, that, are, that are outlined. And if we, if we go to a very important paragraph on page 25, and in, in, uh, of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous at the bottom of page 25, it says, if you are seriously alcoholic as we are, we believe there is no middle of the road solution. We were in a position where life was becoming impossible. This is step one. If we had passed into the region from which there is no return through human aid, we had but two alternatives. One was to go through onto the bitter end, plotting out the consciousness of our intolerable situation as best we could. And, and the other is to accept the spiritual help. This we did because we honestly wanted to, and we were willing to make the effort. This spiritual awakening um, that, that occurs through, through the what you learn in the doctor's opinion of the allergy, the mental twist, and the mental blank spot that is described in the doctor's opinion that only a spiritual awakening or a spiritual solution uh, can become a, a, a remedy. And I can spend uh, uh, several hours on talking about how that came about with the first 10, then the first 100, and, of course, the very first meeting that Dr. Bob and Bill W. had. But we'll talk a little bit about Step 10. Step 10, is, some people misunderstand Step 10, and I, I, I want to debunk a myth here. I, I want to say that, that abstinence, as important an element of recovery is, Abstinence in and of itself is not in a recovered state. I know that because I spent a decade doing it. Abstinence is an important part of it, following your food plan, becoming abstinent of your alcoholic foods, sugar and flour, quantities, whatever they may be. Um, but living in a recovered state is, is, is by – a daily step 10 of an inventory that is a spot check that allows us to, to make a, an immediate amends when necessary, immediate adjustments to pause, to, to lift up, to pray up, and, and then to go about living in a recovered state of, of, of living um, because none of us will ever rise above the human condition. We, we won't escape this realm of reality rising above the human condition. So living in step 10 is a necessary tool. Step 11, through prayer and meditation, try to 
and, and encourage and uplift and to grow our spiritual connection with the the power of the higher power of our understanding and then the recovered state of step 12 by carrying the message and to practice these principles in all of our affairs is is not it's not a uh, uh, um, a a, a a light calling. It is a must. It's it's the only way to keep what we've been so graciously given. And what we find in working with Step 12, and I sponsored a lot of people in their food plan, most of which are out there deciding whether it's a ho-ho or an Oreo that they're going to binge on tonight. But it did help me stay abstinent. But by working now with other men with the steps, starting in the doctor's opinion. I have, yeah. I, I have, I have, thank you so much, and I'll wrap up. I've come to understand that it goes beyond having to and must, that I must um, sponsor and share and give back to this program. It is a blessing. It, 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 it is an encouragement. It, it is the, 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 Piesta de resistance of our program because it allows us to live in a recovered state. I'm going to stop with that. I'm Daryl, food addict, and I'm recovered here in Scottsdale, Arizona. I am blessed to be with you. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Be well and stay blessed. Thank you.